as I was growing up, I would often uh, work with my grandpa on this or that project. I remember uh, when my grandpa and I built a utility uh, set, like the manger, the, not the manger, but like the barn, uh, for, for our first ever utility set that, that we had in the house. And my grandpa and I would build it from time to time. I would call them with this and that. And when I was a pop, what do we have to do? Or pop, which, how can we make it better, maybe? I don't know if it was said like that. Or pop, are we tending to this project? Sometimes you would say, well, it's good enough for government work. Good enough. Good enough. What pop, my grandpa, when he said, good enough for government work, he said, well, um, I guess it's okay. Well, it might not be that. It was a hundred percent. It might not be that we gave our best, but nah. Now my grandpa was not going to do that because any project that my grandpa got on, it was going to get done right, and it was going to get done well. But he would make this joke about, mm, well, maybe it's just okay. Maybe it's good enough for us to not give it a hundred percent. Maybe it's good enough for. Trust people halfway. It's never going to be. Trust people halfway. Hmm, that's good enough. Doesn't doesn't take us to the to the hope. Doesn't take us to the joy. It doesn't take us to the promise that God has for us. Today we hear about Abraham. Abraham who did not settle for anything less. Then all that God has promised. We all know who Abraham is. We've all heard the name Abraham. He's our father in the faith. How many of us have heard of Abraham's dad? Do you know the name of Abraham's dad? Probably not, because he's not very significant. Here's what the Bible says about Abraham's dad. His name was Terah. And Terah, he took Abram, his son, and he took his family, and they got up to where they were living, and they went to go to the land of Canaan. Now, that's really important, because later, God would tell Abraham, Abraham, I want you to go to the land of Canaan, and this land that's called Canaan, I am going to give to you and to your descendants. This is the land that I'm going to promise you. You hear about the promised land? Well, in the Old Testament, the promised land is the land of Canaan, the land that God promised Abraham. So Abraham's daddy, Terah, sets off to go to the land of Canaan. It says that they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But, but when they came to Herod, that's the city, when they came to the city called Herod, they settled there. And Herod died in Herod. That's it. You don't hear anything else about Abraham's daddy for the whole rest of the Bible. He fades away in the insignificance. He had set out for the land that God promised, or he was going to promise, but he stopped. He settled. I don't know why he stopped. I don't know why Abraham's daddy didn't go all the way to Canaan, but when I read this passage, when I pray with this passage, I can't help but say, I wonder if Abraham's daddy said, well, 
this is good enough. I wonder if you said, I'm, I'll settle. I'll settle for good enough. And then fade it off into the obscurity of the I don't know. I don't know what he did. I don't know why he settled for good enough. But I do know that Abraham did not. Abraham did not settle for good enough. Abraham was focused on the joy that was set before him. Abraham was focused on the promise of God. I once heard a priest say, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. So a lot of my life, the devil tries to make me busy, my own temptation, or to be too busy and be distracted from the most important things in life. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, or, or he'll make you distracted. If the devil can't make you bad, then he's busy or distracted. So what kept Abraham focused? Abraham did not settle for a good enough. What kept him focused? The Bible tells us. We read it today. Hebrews chapter 11. Abraham looked forward to the city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham did not settle for good enough because Abraham was focused on the city whose builder and maker is God. And what is that city? The letter in the Hebrew thing of Bible tells us a few verses later. It says, that is the heavenly city. Abraham, it says here, desired a better country. A heavenly one. Abraham was focused on heaven. And thereby, he exercised, he actualized the potential that he had been given by God. Thereby he received God's promise. Thereby he goes down as one of the most important figures in the history of the world who, in spite of all kinds of challenges and all kinds of problems, lived a life of authentic joy. Y'all, if we want to live the kind of life that God has planned for us, if we want to live a good life, we've got we, we to be focused up towards heaven. And there are these three places that we could be focused. We could be focused in, we could be focused out, or we could be focused up. We could be focused in, we could be focused out, or we could be focused up. And if we are focused in or out more than we are focused up, then we don't have problems. If we are focused in or out more than we are focused up, then we are not going to live the joy and the peace and the glory that God has for us. So here's what happens if we focus in without focusing up. If we focus in without focusing up, what happens is that either we keep thinking about how great and wonderful we are, like with the pride and leads to us being, well, proud and haughty and really kind of, kind of not like and miserable. Or, if we're focused in without being focused up, we think about all the bad things that we do, or the bad things that we do to us, and we focus on how bad we are, and that just leads to self-loathing, or anxiety, or depression, or all those sorts of other derivatives that they hinder our lives and they hinder our happiness. In seminary, we call that navel-gazing. 
Don't, don't navel gaze. Like you're not that important. But yet, we are important. Because if we look again, and we say, oh, I have done some bad stuff. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I need your mercy. Jesus, I'm going to go to confess my sin and receive absolution and experience the joy of your forgiveness. Man, if we're looking in in an appropriate way, if we're looking in and we think about the gifts that we have and the blessings that God has given us, we turn that off to all. God, thank you for like giving me this gift. Let me always use this for your glory. But thank you for the blessing that you just happened to give to me. May I tell you to do it out publicly, publicly. Thank you for it. And show everybody that you have done to give you glory and honor. If we focus in and up, that's great. But if we focus in without focusing on, it only leads to our misery. The Bible says, He who loves life in this world will lose it, but he who hates his life will gain eternal life. One of the things that can pop up from focusing in too much, from focusing in in the wrong way, from navel-gazing, is to look out. There's an acronym, it's kind of cheesy, but it works. If you want joy, joy, if you want joy, here's your three priorities. J-O-Y. Jesus, others, yourself. Jesus first, others second, and I am third. This is only joy, and if I'm looking in on myself too much, I might begin to start looking out. And when I look out, that's a really good thing, because I can help other people. And I'm with other people, and I love other people, and we're called to do that. If we're called to love, and we're called to be with other people. But, if I'm only looking out, without looking up, what happens is that my opinion of myself is determined by what other people think about me. If I'm looking out and up, I realize that I, by my baptism, am a son of God. You perhaps are a son or a daughter of God. If I'm looking out and up, I realize, oh my goodness, like my identity comes from Him, not from anybody else. But, if I'm looking out without looking up, then what happens is my, my opinion of myself is based on other people's opinions about me and have you had times in your life where somebody else's opinion of you changed? Especially when it went from good to bad? Of course you have. I have. And sometimes that was my fault. Sometimes I had nothing to do with it. So why would we let our happiness depend upon what other people think about us? Because I guarantee you, there's somebody in the world who don't like you. And if that's you, see, I'm sorry. There are some people who don't like you. There are some people who don't like me. And for some of us, sometimes it's because we did something stupid, we don't even realize it, and it hurt them, and then we don't even have a chance to apologize to them and know what happened. Sometimes it's, we did something stupid, and we apologize, but for whatever reason, that's not good enough. And sometimes we didn't do anything wrong at all. We were just doing the right thing, and they got mad at us, and well, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, that's, that's not my problem. And but if we're, if we're looking up, we can be okay with that. 
because we respect right to God. We're more like a towel than when other people don't like us, then that becomes like a serious problem. Doesn't that happen to you? The Bible says this. Blessed are you when men rely on you, that means when they don't like you, when they persecute you, and when they utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Jesus is saying, you are blessed if because you are a Christian, if because you are living a Christian life, you are blessed when people don't like you. You are blessed when people persecute you. You are blessed when people spread mean and nasty false rumors about you. And he goes on, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Jesus said, yes, look out. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, we got to serve the poor, serve the downtrust, serve the people with you. But your reward is waiting. Always look up. Because that's where your work comes Abraham did not settle for good enough because he was looking up. Abraham was able to make every sacrifice he needed to make to listen to God to fulfill that promise, to be a righteous, a just, a holy, a good person, because he was focused on That takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of grace. That means we got to get down. Now, Mike, that's an often thing. If you don't pray every day, hey, take five minutes. Get down on your knees if you can kneel and pray a decade of Hey, take five minutes. Open your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew. Start reading. Five minutes a day. If you do pray every day, well, maybe it's not now the time. If you pray for five minutes, maybe now's the time to go to 15. If you pray for 15, maybe now's the time to go to 30. Really, all of us should be praying for 30 minutes a day. If you're not there now, don't try to start with 30. Start small and work up. But really, all of us should be praying for at least 30 minutes a day. And so, if you're not praying for 30 minutes a day, just add 5 or 10 minutes to whatever you are praying right now. Don't try to do it all at if, if you are praying and you're growing in the Christian life, hey, maybe come to confession a little more often. Maybe it's time to increase confession, maybe to every eight weeks or every six weeks or once a month. If you are praying and you're growing in the Christian life, hey, maybe it's time to start coming to daily mass. We got mass over here at 5.30, Monday through Thursday right now. I think I mass at the 12th Scottish Bishop Park at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, maybe it's time just to start coming to daily mass. So the focus is on. Lord, maybe I'm focused too in. Lord, maybe I'm focused too out. I don't know. But Lord, I'm going to focus up. And that I might not study. That I might have a purpose. And that I might be with you all 